from Wall Street to the White House. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. All right, welcome, welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're here with John Fund of National Review and uh, un- <clears throat> Committee to Unleash Prosperity Hotline and Steve Moore of FreedomWorks and also the Unleash Prosperity Hotline. And his book is Godzilla. Uh, gentlemen, I just want to play once again uh, from Rand Paul, uh, who was speaking to me on the Cudlow Show this past week. It's a very dramatic, uh, very dramatic quote. Please, please take a listen. The bad news is, is that last time I tried it, there were four votes, me and three others. <laughs> this, this brings upon us the lie that Republicans really are fiscally conservative. The Democrats aren't. They will not pretend to be fiscally conservative. Not one of them up here gives a darn about the debt. Republicans all profess to, but when you make them vote on the PAYGO resolution, pay-as-you-go, that we can't have new spending without offsetting it, they always vote to exempt it. So the omnibus will be 3,000 pages. We'll get it two hours before they want to pass it. No one will read it, but hidden in the 3,000 pages will be we're going to waive PAYGO. So Steve Moore's right, it would take 41 votes. But the other thing is, 41 votes would stop the big spending. If 41 of us said no and held our ground until there was a compromise, we could force Democrats to reduce spending. We have completely and totally abdicated the power of the purse. Republicans are emasculated, they have no power, and they are unwilling to gain that power back. The only way they can get it divide the spending into 12 bills and then decide to hold one of them hostage or two of them hostage and then apply policy changes in the house but they've got to do it they've got to capture this and we'd have to do the budget the way it's supposed to be budget 12 appropriation bills and then try to attach some policy like removing the 87,000 IRS agents from the IRS budget when we try to do it in one bill the Republicans don't have the intestinal fortitude. They always collapse, and they fear shutting government down so no policy objectives ever get added. The only way we can do it is if we actually do what we're supposed to do, budget, 12 appropriation bills, and then decide which ones you want to fight All right. over. So um, you fellas may have heard that before. If not, you've heard it now. It's a pretty strong statement by Rand Paul. I think he's about 100. I think he's 1,000% right. Uh, I had asked him about Steve Moore's uh, column on the budget caps. But the whole issue here, and I want you to both, you know, let's talk about this. Republicans have given up the power of the purse. Republicans have emasculated themselves. They've emasculated their message of uh, spending cutters and inflation cutters. They've emasculated regular order. I mean, and Mitch McConnell is at the heart of this. Uh, the Senate leadership is essentially betraying the possibilities of a great new House uh, leadership, Republican House leadership. I begin with you, Steve Moore, to comment on all this, because I think this is the issue here at the end of the year. Yeah, I agree with that, Larry. And by the way, I can't improve on much on what Rand Paul just right. said. I mean, I, I could not possibly say it any better than he did. That was a great interview. Uh, and by the way, congratulations, Larry. I see you're the number one business show on TV in 2022. Oh, awesome. You. Way to be, Thank my you. friend. That's, Thank that's an incredible accomplishment. Thank you. It's a great, uh, great so, blessing. So uh, I would just add one thing to what Rand Paul said. You know, we have spent uh, in the last year of Trump's administration, last months of the Trump administration and the first two years of Biden, $5 trillion, $5 trillion 
above what we normally spend. Now, you know, they normally spend four or five trillion a year. They've spent five trillion dollars more than that. So what Rand Paul is talking about is clawing back about three percent of that, three mm. percent mm. of the five trillion dollars. And you're telling me the Republicans and the Senate can't vote for a three percent cut of five trillion dollars of progress, by the way, most of which the Republicans never voted for in the first place. It is absurd. And I'll I'll make one other quick point. Not only is this horrific policy for our country, we've got to get the spending and debt down. But, Larry, I got to tell you, conservatives around the country that I've been talking to last week are infuriated mm-hmm. with the Republicans mm-hmm. that they would they would engage in this kind of spending behavior. It's like they don't want to play Santa Claus. Yeah, that's right. Look, there's so many things wrong with this story. John Fund, uh, I want to get politics here. Um, in a sense, Mac- uh, McCarthy, McConnell's apparent sign-off on an omnibus spending bill, which will be, no one knows, there's no top line. I mean, Rand Paul is right. You don't know until they're going to give you two hours to read it, which no one will do. But it'll be close to $2 trillion. His apparent sign-off on that is a betrayal of what Kevin McCarthy and Scalise and the new Republican leaders of the House want to do post-January 3rd. They don't want an omnibus bill for the rest of the year. They'd like a short-term bill for a couple weeks and then let them have at it. Marsha Blackburn was on our show last night, Senator Blackburn, and she said, give them a shot. She said it a couple of times. Give them a shot. See what they can do. They can cut, rescind, change priorities, go after the IRS agents, put more money on the border, uh, you know, Stop, for example, COVID uh, relief programs from becoming permanent parts of the mandatory spending baseline. Maybe cut taxes, maybe open the fossil fuel spigots. Give them a shot. McCarthy, I mean, McConnell's not doing that, John. It is a betrayal, and I do not understand it. Well, Larry, uh, we used to have a few simple rules that would guide Congress and the federal government. Simple rules work best when you have complex decisions to make because you fall back on principle. Here are a couple few principles we're ignoring. One is do not legislate multi-trillion dollar spending bills just before a holiday. Uh, You're being held hostage by the holiday. Uh, It's ridiculous. I mean, you're putting you're putting a family gun to the head. You know, you can't you can be with your family or you can, you know, stay and argue over spending. Well, who's who in Congress is going to take that deal? Mm. Uh, Secondly, term limits are a good idea. Mitch McConnell was a great majority leader. He has a great career. He's done a lot of good, but he's 80 years old. And just as it was time for Nancy Pelosi to leave, Mm. it's time for Mitch McConnell after over a dozen years as Republican leader to say, Time to pass the torch to a new generation. Mm. Third principle, uh, transparency. And you mentioned that, Larry. It is The House, at least, is adopting in its new rules in January a 72-hour rule. Well, you have 72 hours to read the bill. Mm. No one in America, I don't care whether it's left, right, or center, believes it's a good idea to pass multi-hundred trillion, hundred billion dollar bills with no time to read them. Mm-hmm. Because that's Mm -hmm. when scandal, corruption, and waste enter the process. Mm -hmm. Well, you're right on all counts. 
Um, and by the way, one quick thing. Those were things that Republicans remember in the 94 revolution and when they won in 2010. They've committed themselves to do. And what they're basically doing, right, John, is they're reversing a lot of the promises they made, you know, during the Republican Revolution. A lot of the very useful reforms in the way Congress works. Like ending earmarks. Oh, earmarks. Oh, my God. The earmarks, I mean, this is the Richard Shelby problem. $650 million worth of earmarks. But John Fund talking about earmarks, okay, of the 10 leading earmarkers – so far in this bill, eight of them are Republicans. This is the party of fiscal budget restraint? Really? Earmarks? I mean, here we go again. What is well, going Larry, on here? Well, how can Larry, anybody the- believe how can anybody believe the GOP wants to limit government or cut spending or cut taxes or cut inflation under these circumstances? They're gonna pass a two trillion dollar omnibus bill with record earmarks, with Republicans, the most valuable players of the earmark playoffs. And um, to me, you know, Rand Paul used the word emasculation. That's what the Senate GOP is doing. They are masculating themselves. Well, Larry, I argued with, you know, earmark pork barrelers in the Republican Party 15 years ago when I was at the Wall Street Journal and the late Ted Stevens came up with the best possible argument for earmarks. He said, look, the prerogative of Congress to spend money, we can do it and spend it better and wiser than the pointy-headed bureaucrats in the federal bureaucracy. And I said, you know, your argument, Senator, would make sense if you hadn't surrendered so much of Congress's power already to independent agencies. Who gave Leela Khan of the Federal Trade Commission uh, power to basically regulate American business. Who gave Gary Gensler at the Securities and Exchange Commission the power to basically rewrite all of securities law and then force people into ESG investments? Congress did. Mm-hmm. If Congress wants the power to lay out pork barrel spending, first seize back the enormous amounts of power you've surrendered to unelected bureaucrats. Yes, I totally agree with that. By the way, nobody ever told the SEC it had the power to force companies to adhere to climate rules and run the companies. The SEC the wants to checked, run the companies. The last time I checked, the SEC doesn't is, isn't the meteorological service. It doesn't have anything to do with weather. No, no. You know what? I had uh, Hester Person. You know, she was the Trump appointee. We put her on the SEC. She's still there. She's fabulous. She called it the Securities and Everything Commission. <laughs> oh. I just thought that was great. Steve Moore, um, by the way, it's not five Senate Republicans. It's only four. It's three plus one. I know. I got that wrong. But, In fact, uh, I didn't realize when you when you, when you you played that tape from, from but, uh, Rand Paul, I got it wrong. I said there were five and there were only four. But, um, you know, by the way, but, one of my great but, heroes, uh, Larry, was uh, uh, Tom Coburn. Remember him yes. of, of Oklahoma? Yes. And he was, he was the fiscal conscience of the Senate. And he used to say of earmarks, that, you know, because they say, oh, it's just a little bit. It's a two percent of the budget or whatever it is. And and he used to say, look, uh, and it's so true even today that earmarks are the gateway drug yes. Yes. to a <laughs> trillion dollar spending bill. Yes. And he was exactly right. Yes. This is another proof of that. Look, the other thing that's going on here, gentlemen. Uh, actually, let's take a break. We're going to take a break because I want to raise some more issues 
about um, Steve, your column. You know, that conversation with Rand Paul was triggered by your column. That's why he keeps saying Steve Moore is right. And I want to talk about that, why 41 Republicans won't vote to adhere to the budget caps and the automatic spending cuts if they can't do it. That's very important. And then I want to revisit this. Senators, Republican senators are saying that um, Kevin McCarthy really wants an uh, an omnibus spending bill, which he really doesn't want. Anyway, we're here with John Fund and Steve Moore. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. Larry Kudlow. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're here with John Fund of National Review and Committee to Unleash Prosperity and Steve Moore of Freedom Works and Committee to Unleash Prosperity uh, and still the Heritage Foundation. Look, gentlemen, the whole debate about whether or not to have a CR versus um, an omnibus. Steve, no one is talking about your point which Rand Paul eloquently discussed, and that is you still have on the books, going back to 2010, budget caps. And every year the Senate waives the budget caps, but they shouldn't. And if they enforce the budget caps, it would either trigger an automatic spending cut across the entire budget, by the way, I'm fine with that, or at least a negotiation to come to some, you know, sequester that would uh, roughly approximate your number was 130 billion. Uh, okay, that's a good number. But my point is, my question is, why aren't they talking about that? No one. It's the debate is CR versus Omni. No one is talking about, un, you know, enforcing these budget caps, which are still the law. Right. And those budget caps require something called a sequester, which would be like an automatic across the board cut. And I'll never forget when this was originally devised. Remember, under Phil Graham, remember the Graham yes. uh, when Reagan was president. I'll never forget my one of my one of the great uh, economists of all time. Uh, the late great Bill Niskanen said it so well. He said, this is a really bad idea whose time has come. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right. And, uh, you know, this is a bad idea whose time has come. Mm-hmm. If this is the only way we're going to get cuts, then you've got to do it. And the, the other kind of irony of this is that it was the Democrats in 2010 who controlled everything. Obama was president. The Democrats controlled six, they had 60 votes in the Senate. They had all the House members. Uh, they had controlled the House. And they set up this contraption. And now Republicans can trap them in that re- contraption, but guess what? Republicans don't want to do it. And in fact, just one other thing about the earmarks that I find so funny. You know, the vote in the House when the Republicans uh, took over the, um, you know, the uh, the majority was 150 to 50 in favor of um, yep. in favor of uh, getting rid of. I mean, keeping bringing back uh, earmarks. And what's funny about that is I probably talked to about you know 50 or 60. House Republicans. Oh, I voted against that. It was a, it was a it was a secret vote. So they're all claiming they're against. Well, them, sure. Even though they all voted to bring them back. But it only takes forty-one Republicans to yeah. stop the waiver. That's and, right. And to forty-one out of fifty. And to restore. I mean, you know, they don't even want to do that in the Senate. It's I, a three percent cut. Three percent. Right. And that's why Rand Paul said the last time last year. Uh, he moved, you know, and he wanted to vote on this, and he had support from three others besides himself, all right, which is really kind of tragic. Now, John Fund, I want to go to you on this, you know, the political angle here. What 
Why won't the Republicans cut? That's point number one. Why won't they do this? Now, I want to ask you this, John. They, Mitch McConnell's allies, including uh, who's a what's he uh, from Texas, whatever his name is, not John Cornyn Cruz. Yeah, John Cornyn. Uh, Roy Blunt is part of this. These are friends of ours, so it's not personal. But they're saying that Kevin McCarthy secretly, John Fund, wants the omnibus to go through. McCarthy maintains, he said it to me on the air, he said it to uh, Hannity on the air, he said it to everybody who was listening, that he wants a short-term CR so that the new GOP can go to work and change the priorities of the budget and economic policy. So what is up with this? What kind of a defense is this from the McConnell allies that McCarthy secretly wants an omnibus? That's nonsense. Look, I can't read Kevin McCarthy's mind, and Kevin McCarthy is pretty good at, you know, hinting to people that he agrees with them regardless of their position. Uh, But let's take him at his word. Uh, The Senate is not only called hilariously the world's greatest deliberative body, it is called the last bulwark for America's freedoms. Uh, Because, you know, if you, you have the filibuster, you have many tools in the Senate that you don't have in the House. Well, Larry, look. A retiring Republican senator told me the biggest single problem, they have two problems regarding spending that aren't talked about enough. The first problem is that a third of the Republican senators are set are basically 65 or over, and their bladders will not take going to the floor and standing up against spending. They just will not stay up till 3 a.m. fighting this. They will not filibuster. They will not argue. They just won't do it. Uh, that's an, that goes back to my point about needing fresher, younger leadership, with new ideas. Uh, like Rand Paul's. And the second problem is the ghost of government shutdown. Uh, I believe, and and by the way, you know, Clinton aides have said this in in their memoirs, the Republicans were close to winning government shutdowns twice during the Clinton years, but they stopped too soon. Bob Dole undercut them. Right. The bottom line here is, Larry, if you actually believe that the American people agree with you that we need to have a government that lives somewhat within our means, and that there is some waste and fraud that you can cut 3% from the budget, you have to be able to risk having the media call you names. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is there's so many essential programs that when the government shutdown happens, basically what? They shut down the National Archives. They shut down the Lincoln Memorial. The the Social Security checks still go out. The Medicare checks still go out. So come on, give us a break. If you're scared of the media, you you shouldn't be in this business. See, uh, Steve Moore, John Fund has got to be right here. You can win a government shutdown. You can. Look, go back again. You know, you mentioned Reagan, 1986, the original Graham Rudman Holling sequestration. Reagan went through several government shutdowns and won larger defense spending. That was the issue in those days. He won it from Democratic House. These guys could do the same thing. Just make it clear what they're shutting down for and what their goals are. Because John is right. Look, I have been through so many Mm -hmm. government shutdowns. 
under Reagan. And recently, Trump had several government shutdowns, too. Nothing gets shut down. Nothing essential gets shut down. In fact, the, the workforce doesn't even get shut down. Almost everybody nowadays is an essential worker, for Christ's sake. But, the you know, Medicare is mailed out. Social Security is mailed out. Medicare is mailed out. Everything's mailed out. You know, the only thing that happens is you, you don't polish Abe Lincoln's leg in the Lincoln Memorial. That's all. And and John's other point, I know they have weak bladders, so bring a Porto sand and put it onto the floor of the Senate and let them fight it out. But they shouldn't be fearful of a shutdown. What they should be fearful of is what Rand Paul said. They've given up the power of the person. The Republican exactly. Party is emasculating itself. That's what they should be afraid of. And, and by the way, we're not really even talking about a shutdown here, though. I mean, the, the point that Rand Paul was making is if they could just get 41 Republicans to vote for right. this uh, the sequester, there's nothing that Nancy Pelosi or Joe Biden. These, this is the law of the land. It automatically goes into effect. And the other thing that's so interesting about this debate is why would you why would you do a budget with Nancy Pelosi? They, there's a reason they call this a lame duck session. Yeah. She's a lame duck. Right. right. So why not wait to literally three or four weeks and then Kevin McCarthy takes the uh, gavel? Don't you think they might have a little bit more leverage with with, with McCarthy as the speaker rather than uh, Nancy Pelosi? Come on, I can't wait for that day, by the way, when we wrench that gavel away from Nancy Pelosi. But by the way, McCarthy, uh, if they keep the CR so they have to come back and do their own budget, um, you know, it gives McCarthy leverage with some of the renegade conservatives in the Republican Party. Because some of those guys, not all of them, some of them are just a bunch of showboats. But some of them actually substantively want to just make sure that Kevin will be a conservative speaker. Okay? Uh, McCarthy, McCarthy, McConnell is taking that leverage away. And that's why it's a complete betrayal. I mean, I've never seen I People are saying internally, John Fund, I've heard this whisper that these old Republican, uh, you know, McCarthy, uh, McConnell types, the old guys have been there forever, uh, that their problem is not Democrats. Their problem is the House, the new House, that there's a war between the House and the Senate. I mean, well, actually, Larry, you're correct. McConnell last this earlier this year said upon the retirement of one member, he said, and this member understood that in this chamber, our real enemy is not the opposition party. It is the House. Right, 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 <laughs> right. No, no, I've heard that uh, cliche. And I've also I've heard other people, you know, there's a lot of whispering going on here. Um, so, I, I mean, this is the issue in the next couple of weeks and into the new year. Anyway, thank you both, gentlemen, John Fund and Steve Moore. Folks, I'm uh, Larry Kudlow. It's a great pleasure. We will be with you Christmas weekend. We will be here broadcasting on Saturday. You betcha. Silent night, holy night, cuddle night. How about that? <laughs>